bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. We have a very, very serious show today, so I'm not going to be laughing as much as I usually do. I want to welcome David Terzian. Welcome, David. Um, who You're welcome. David, you know, David is um, a sufferer of tuberculosis, and I say that, you know, with great alarm because those of us in America probably are shocked to hear that there might be somebody suffering from tuberculosis because, you know, it's a disease that we all assume has been taken care of because as little kids we all had our little TB tests and we all got negatives and it's something that people don't talk about much anymore. Um, We're going to talk about saving people's lives today and David is kind enough to share his story, his story that we call Treadmill to Nowhere. Welcome, David. Thank you, Cindy. And, and if you don't mind, I'd like to I'd like to really thank you for taking an interest in this story and providing a forum uh, for me and others like myself to go public. And I'd also like to thank David Glassberg. I don't know if, if people listening now have heard your you know you had a previous show with him, but two shows with David Glassberg. Okay. Well, he's been very he's been very encouraging and instrumental to me in, in getting me to this point. So. Um, he, he's a close friend now, and I, and I want to say a special thank you to him as well. well. We, I do too, because he really went above and beyond the call of duty to make really a very hard thing to make public public. Um, I, you know, since you bring up David Glassberg, I'm going to talk about for the listeners so that they could remember the context, basically. And again, this is a very serious story, and it can be a lifesaver. Um, David Glassberg came to me um, through a referral, and he told me that he was really mistreated medically for and misdiagnosed for about 20 years. And he really didn't know what was wrong with him, and um, the doctors didn't really know what was wrong with him, and basically they used him as a human guinea pig. Um, and because he... Tuberculosis was something that he ended up having at the end of the day. He didn't find that out until after he had his intestines taken out. His, you know, I mean, this is major surgery. You know, you open up a person when you could treat something with very common antibiotics. I think that's just astounding. But not only did I think it was astounding, the LA Times thought it was astounding. So this is not just some person, you know, who is taking out his misfortune on the world. The L.A. Times, which is a very respected newspaper, did a whole story on David Glassberg, what what his chronology is, what his complaints were before he went to see the doctors, and his nightmare journey to seeing doctor after doctor after doctor, and some people alluding to the fact that he may have had TB, but never coming out with it. It was as if it was like saying that he had some kind of bubonic plague or something, you know, something that was eradicated in, you know, Europe. How many years ago? Um, so for a disease that can be treated with simple antibiotics, um, he just kept on running on that treadmill to nowhere that you mentioned. And then finally, 
Ron Lynn from the LA Times, who covers disease and health concerns, wrote the story because he found it fascinating. And that's the thing that's really great. It's, it does make you and David experts in a way. Um, on the disease. I know that you put in your white paper that you're not an expert, but when you're a patient who's suffering and shares experiences, doesn't that make you a patient advocate and expert? Well, it's it's funny you mention that word because I I had that conversation at at a certain point with um, an infectious diseases doctor who who ended up treating me, and he, he eventually had to had to make the point. You know, you're not you're not the expert here. I'm the expert here, and. Basically, I ended up telling him, but you know what? You're not the expert of my body. So we had we had a difference of opinion there, but in the end, I felt I felt as as though I was the expert of my own body, and I knew that something was definitely more seriously wrong than they did. Well, you know that makes the word expert sort of a questionable word. Um, when doctors say to a patient, "You're not the expert," do they know what's going on inside of your body? Obviously, not. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. and that's the thing that's really scary. I think that in the paper that you wrote about obstacles to obtaining TB treatment, you are the expert in that arena because you went through the path. So did David Glassberg. You're not the only one, and the LA Times talks about it. So, you know, it's something that can save people's lives with your encouragement to, you know, to tell patients to take control over their bodies and not allow doctors to be on a platform that's higher than thou, because obviously that's not the answer. No, definitely not. And I, I'm very happy to be of be of any kind of help. But I, I have to say that I don't think my story uh, my story pales in comparison to some of the horrors that that David went through. I mean, I didn't have the, uh, the surgeries, and I didn't have the the uh, the hard battles that he had. But I think what we did have in common was years of misdiagnosis. Oh, yes. And the fun thing that's interesting, David, it's confusing to listeners, is that David and David, should I call yeah, you Terzian and Glassberg? Yeah, call, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sounds like architects. <laughs> Terzian and Glassberg. Okay. Well, um, you know, it's really a miracle that, you know, you were one of the people that read the L.A. Times. Am I correct? You, you, know, you know what? You, you can't emphasize that word enough. Because I had not, I had I, I had not been reading the LA Times. I was not a subscriber. I just happened to pick it up one day because a neighbor left it behind when he moved out. And I read the, I turned right to the lifestyle section and read that article. And I, I can't believe, you know, there was one time it was printed, and that was the one time I picked up the LA Times in years, and I almost fell over when I, I immediately when I was finished reading the article, I was on a mission. And uh, I, I just can't believe when I look back on it, the likelihood of me seeing that article at that time—it's it, just—it really is a miracle. But it was tough for you to get in touch with David. Did you try calling the LA Times? Is that what you did? It was hard. It was hard. I had to hunt him down like an animal, basically. Okay. Well, did you try calling Ron Lynn? I called in touch Ron Lynn. I wrote to Ron Lynn. I, I, Ron Lynn was actually—he actually did spearhead us getting together. Ron Lynn was the guy that put us in contact. And then after about two months later, I finally did get a hold of Dave. And we had that, that first conversation I'll never forget because I was telling Dave about the symptoms that I was having. And he, he said it was he said he had chills because he said, you know, you sound exactly like me. Right, right. Well, I mean, again, um, it's hard for a reporter, 
you know, even though their jobs are to write the stories, sure. they have to keep up with so much other stuff. Sure. And, you know, it's that's just the nature of being a journalist. Yes, their jobs really are to improve the world and help people, but you have to you have to understand how many stories they're slapped with. Oh, um, sure. and sure. you know, yeah. I I think that if you would have called me sooner, I would have recommended instead of contacting the reporter to talk to the public relations department of, you know, the LA Times. Tribute, you know, they're, you know, they're a Tribune company and, you know, there's probably reader service people in place that could have gotten you an answer a lot faster. You know what? I'm, I'm writing that down, Cindy. Right. It's either reader service, reader service, every newspaper and magazine you know, generally has a reader service department. Television stations generally have a viewer service department. Basically, these jobs are put into place for people like you. You know, it. You know, a journalist. You know, is constantly seeking the truth and looking for other stories to save lives. That's their jobs. So, you know, the whole point of having a reader service department is, you know, they would say, "Oh my God, that's really big," and they would go to Ron immediately wherever he was. It's internal, so Ron would have to respond. Um, and, you know, basically they're, you know, the viewer service are, you know, the the face cards to the public, viewer service, reader service, all of those kinds of functions. And, you know, it may have ignited, you know, some PR, you know, internally at the L.A. Times mm-hmm. because the... The reader service person has to write memos to all different departments and stuff like that. So it might be something that we could all try later, and this kind of just came to me as I was on the air with you, so ideas do develop. Um, But, you know, again, it is a miracle that you read the article because you were very frustrated. You actually have a background in healthcare. That's right. I had worked, I just turned 40. And uh, I had worked, um, I started out, you know, the first job, one of the first jobs I had was working in, in, a, uh, in, in a hospital in Buffalo, New York, and I was, I was really on the front lines there. I, was, I, was in, uh, I worked on it separately on an oncology floor and one on an infectious diseases floor. And I did that for about five years, uh, both uh, back in New York and out here. So I probably had a lot of contact with some, some very sick people and uh, did a lot of, a lot of things. Um, that the doctors, you know, and, and nurses never never really do. It's all the dirty work. Somebody has to do it, you know. Right. No, exactly. So, yeah, I had, I had and that was, was kind of my ambition, but then I got sick. And, you know, I embarked on this, um, you know, I guess I could I could start explaining that treadmill to nowhere, what that really means. I, I started seeing a lot of doctors, a lot of specialists, and I ended up getting um, bronchitis, Quite frequently, I had it five times separately in one year. And doctors should have been a little extra concerned, knowing that you were working in around people with infectious diseases. Hello. Well, you, you know, it's, it's amazing that they're really not. I mean, they don't they don't consider that a risk factor for getting a disease. Um, strangely enough, I mean, you would think uh, that's that's one of the things I find one of many things that I find hard to comprehend that they don't consider that a risk factor. And you know, we can. We can discuss that later. What they do consider risk factors and what they don't. But uh, yeah, I was amazed at that because I did, you know, Huntington Hospital where I worked, they uh, they eventually did send me a notice uh, one year because I had a, you know, I had the positive skin test and a lot of symptoms, and they sent everybody a notice there because there was an outbreak, and they said, you know, it's recommended that you do 
take some treatment as a precautionary measure, though, not as something that um, that, you, that you actually had the disease, because they really believe um, that if people uh, far and few between actually come down with the disease and, and get it. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of reluctance to to think that anybody can actually have the disease. You know, you might be a carrier of it. Well, let's reemphasize that, okay? It's you know, it's really pretty frightening, and then we have to take a break. It's okay. pretty frightening that you know you had a positive, okay, to a TB test, and nobody was alarmed by that except for yourself, probably. I mean, it, there wasn't like, oh, let's take immediate action. It was almost like, well, we have treatment, but it's toxic. Well, the, the, you know, some of the direct quotes were, you know, one-third of the world has a positive skin test. They, they don't put any, much stock in the skin test because it has false positives, it has false negatives. And it, that really is really one, is one of the crux of the matters because I guess it's very hard. It is genuinely hard to diagnose and someone with TB especially if it's extra pulmonary. And I think the extra pulmonary factor is, is really really the key issue here because it was the same for me and, and David Glassberg. Our cases were extra pulmonary. And when you're in that situation, all bets are off because, you know, something's not going to show up, up on an X-ray or even a biopsy. Well, let's talk that about that in the next segment because, again, it's sort of like a hidden plague. And we'll talk about extra pulmonary TB in the next, in the next segment. Okay. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous Muscle Mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. Mom? Dad? How long 
should I wait for you? Mom, I found that soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Terp tuberculosis patient Dave Terzian. Tuberculosis patient, how does that feel? That sounds, it does not feel good. And I've got to be honest with you, that sounds very strange. But that's what you are. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we're going to get the word out, it's, um, you know, you don't hear people labeled that way very well, often. Well, not if you talk to my doctor and, and, and uh, many others I've dealt with. They, they, they don't believe that uh, I had it or even David Glassberg had it. And I think that is the real, the real stumbling block to, to helping out a lot of people is really the mindset of doctors. They they they're close-minded to the uh, to the real the real fact of extrapulmonary tuberculosis. They're they're really they're really just close-minded about it entirely. Well, describe the difference between extrapulmonary TB and conventional TB. Sure. Normally, in a in a person who has TB, they have a positive chest chest x-ray, which means you, you can simply go anywhere, get a chest x-ray, and it's going to show lesions on your chest, and you're going to be coughing up blood generally. And if you're in that state, you're very, you're very contagious, and you're on, you're on lockdown, basically. But in the case of extrapulmonary TB, it, that means it's, it's tuberculosis outside the lungs. And that was the real revelation to me, because even though I was in Working in that, that field, I never knew that such a thing even existed. And it, that is, well, you really described it well when you said it was a hidden plague. So I think that's exactly what it is. You know something is killing you, and it's, it's affecting many parts of your body, especially when it's, when it's disseminated. And you're going to see doctor after doctor, and they're telling you nothing is wrong. It could be in the, in the lining of your lungs, which is the pleurisy, and they can take biopsies of that and still not find it. And Dave even mentioned, and David Glassberg even mentioned in his article there that they can find it in a 3,000-year-old mummy, but they can't find it in you. And in those cases, they really can't find it in you. I mean, it could be eating your skeleton. It could be affecting your heart. It could be affecting and all sorts of organs in your body. And they generally are going to have a difficult time finding that and recognizing that. And even even they, but and aside from that, they have to really be looking for it, and you have to convince them that that's a real possibility. And I I, I find that that that's even a, a bigger hurdle that to even convince them to start looking for that and to go on that path. That's really when you're going to find a lot of obstacles. And like I said, you know, trying to meet Dave, that was a mission and that that was a goal, but actually trying to get the treatment was even harder. Because I went in the door, you know, pointing these guys in the right direction. I said, here's what I want you to look at. Here's what I want you. I embarked 
on this. Uh, they sent me on that treadmill to nowhere, and they were just testing and testing and testing. And you know, I I, I felt like this could have gone on indefinitely, and uh, I, I didn't have that kind of time. Okay, well, did at one point did you bring the LA Times article with you? Oh, it, I did. I brought that. That was dismissed, you know, you know, pretty pretty readily, as were, you know, most of the symptoms. See, there's there's a big there's a big one of the key words. Some of the language that you have to you have to use when you're when you're talking to doctors is this objective versus subjective symptoms. I learned pretty quickly what the difference was, and all the pain, all the things that I was suffering from, were largely subjective, meaning they didn't show up on many of their blood tests or many of their diagnostic tests that they run you through. So in other words, you're not suffering from those things. And that's when, the, you know, when I started bringing in David Glassberg's article and showed the doctor, that's when that's when I really got the lecture, that, that I wasn't the expert, he wasn't the expert, you know, the doctors were the experts. But then I, I quickly turned that way of thinking around and said, look, if you're the expert here, you have to diagnose something and you have to treat something. Right. You took charge and you and I spoke, you know, we have talked together about being the CEO of your own body. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the doctors, funny. you know, they're, they're, they're the educated licensed people, in most cases we would hope. Um, and that's great. I mean, they really do understand how, you know, the mechanics of the human body. They've studied it for God knows how long and we respect that. However, if they're, you know, doing opening people up to do surgery for, you know, for treating um, made-up <laughs> ailments that don't exist, okay, you have to take charge of your own body so you don't end up like David Glassberg on the table. Well, the, the CEO of your own body—that is, a, I'm going to remember that one. I think that I think that that, that says it well, and I. I think, um, you know, you're right. I had a lot of respect for the doctors I, I dealt with, but I also had a lot of, I also recognized that someone who's never been sick, who's never had that disease, also does not know the, the way it affects your body. And I'm going, I would, I would sooner take the word of someone who suffered through it. Someone who, I had this conversation with, with David Glassberg a lot. We, we would sooner take the word of someone who's been through it who's had that disease and someone who has it. Well, particularly after the approach to curing it was all wrong. I right. mean, you know, that's where people have to become the CEOs of their own body so that they could speak up for themselves and say, hey, I don't want to have heart surgery because I have extra pulmonary TB, and that's your case, isn't it? Well, that is that is my case. I mean, you know, what was amazing to me is not only how how readily many of my symptoms could be dismissed like off-handed was just how some of these results these test results that I was taking could um, could not even register on the radar screen I had one of my one of my MRIs came back and showed that I had an aortic aneurysm which was totally new to me I had you know I, I never had something in my, in my life like that before like I said I'm only 39 but it went it, it just flew right past my doctor. He never even noticed something like that. And then it wasn't. It was another physician that noticed it and said, "You got to get to a doctor right away." Mm-hmm. So now it turns out I'm a half centimeter away from from having open heart surgery. Uh, you know, as as when I last checked. So 
it was really it really hit home at that point that you know I'm fighting for my life here and these guys aren't going to catch everything. Right. No, it's it's exactly right. It's very scary. It's like the Twilight Zone. I you know, it's almost like a fiction movie. Um, you know, I, I think of a dr- Andromeda Strain. You know, the Ebola virus movies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just really odd that we are living in real life, and it's like a Twilight Zone episode. I mean, we know Glassberg, and, you know, he had his entire digestive system, lower digestive system removed. Well, and, yeah, and you, have to, you have to understand that we, we were talking to experts in the field. These weren't just general practitioners or people that, that didn't specialize in tuberculosis, or so they claimed. We were talking to some of the best people in, in this field. So for them to, to not even really consider our cases and, and to not even really take them seriously, that to me is the most disturbing part because you, you're not talking to someone who supposedly doesn't have experience with this or doesn't work with this. This is, this is the best we have. Again, unless you become the CEO of your own body, and that's our mission for people, to become the CEOs of their own body and not necessarily accept what a doctor proposes to resolve the problem. Yes, they know they are trained to treat the car. We know that, and we appreciate their education. God knows they didn't get a lot of sleep for a very long time, right? (laughs) But when it comes right, to the right. subjective versus objective, as you describe it so eloquently, um, you know, <laughs> particularly now that, you know, a pretty decent newspaper wrote about the story in depth, you know, you can't ignore it anymore. It's on public record. It's not the Inquirer that wrote this story. And hopefully, you know, other reporters will get on the bandwagon and start saying to people, be the CEOs of your own body. There's too much... There's too much noise going on in the medical community right now to not give a person that, you know, that privilege. Um, You and I have spoken about insurance companies. Um, We have talked about how conventional medicine has changed. We have spoken about the fact that almost every doctor, unless you can afford a private doctor, is involved with some kind of, you know, insurance group that has its own rules and regulations. There's too much noise out there, um, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. It just is what it is for a person not to take be the CEOs of their own body. So I want to challenge America <laughs> to become the CEOs of their own body because, you, you know what, it's the individuals that really know best. You know, doctors can be intimidating with their knowledge and information. Doctors don't like people to take charge because they're the experts and we understand that. But what I would like to propose in people take, becoming the CEOs of their own body is that, you know what, you have to question authority these days. And it's not the doctor's fault. It's just the way that American medicine is working today. Well, I think, it's, I think it is very genuinely, it's, it's genuinely hard for for people to for take that to take that kind of approach with a doctor, many people see them as the the ultimate authority and uh, just rely blindly upon their advice. And if, if had I done that, I think I had done that for a long time. I think I had just I had just given up. I really felt I, I can't I can't thank David enough for his article because I had really just given up and felt that I did not have the ammunition. To, to get myself better 
it's well, that's where you ha- that's where you have to take it upon yourself as a person who is a TB patient. You know that you're being misdiagnosed, and that's where you have the opportunity now, after reading the LA Times and using the LA Times as your objective piece of news information, because it cannot be dismissed. Again, it's not the National Enquirer. Next, maybe ABC News will do a piece on this. You know, their network health department, because. You know, people have to continue to have their power over their own bodies. There's too many other issues that get in, way, get in the way of a doctor making a proper diagnosis. Now, we have to take a break, and we'll come back in a few minutes. And you're doing great, David. You're yep. doing really great. Thank you. I am American Idol. I got Unlimited talk at your fingertips, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. The ability to wield power, shape the environment and the outcome, and the desire to make things happen are essential characteristics of all great leaders. Explore the essence of leadership from an insider's point of view on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, international coach, consultant, and advisor to leaders for over 20 years. Get the unvarnished, inside story on how leaders in the spotlight take the critical decisions that deliver exceptional, real-world results and why they sometimes spectacularly and publicly fail as well. Tune into Leadership Intuitions for a behind-the-scenes look at what gets great leaders up in the morning and what keeps them up at night. Go beyond the conventional advice about what great leaders are and what they do and learn how to create your own personal legacy as a leader. Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio broadcasts each Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, Power, Achievement, Relationships. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. 
Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back with Dave Terzian, a real living TB patient. Yes, whether doctors want to agree with it or not, I think he knows his own body. Right, Dave? That's right, and uh, I, I certainly don't fit the uh, the uh, what did I how did I how did I refer to that the um, the racial profiling when it comes to uh, TB patients. You know, I'm a 39 year old guy, um, just a just a middle class person, and who's in uh, relatively good health. So I'm, I'm the type of person who can't have it. Well, that's the same thing with Glassberg too. Right. I mean, you know, basically, you know, voila, we have you know. Um, you know, the working, you know, the educated working class, for lack of a better description. Sure, that's the educated fine. working class. That's right. Who, you know, can never have a disease like tuberculosis. It doesn't fit the medical profile and probably it doesn't teach, you know, it doesn't reinforce the medical school curriculums because they're taught to, you know, um, analyze and use statistics, you know, for zeroing in on people's bodies and people's heritage and people's genetics and what kind of diseases might pop up and you just don't fall into that profile. Uh, well, you know, it. I think the medical field is trending towards outsourcing like everything else and one of the ways that they that I understand that they intend to do that is just relying upon a, a number of tests that they can send to maybe a, a doctor in India or somewhere else and have those read and evaluate it at a cheap at a cheaper price. That's fine, but I, and I see it happening right here with the with with the medical profession in in this country because I felt that that was a, that was a big problem. I felt that these guys were just taking tests and interpreting the test and, and doing nothing more. And you know, since they were they were promoting themselves as the experts, I felt that some of their own intuition should have came into play. Their own you know, expertise, their own experience. Anybody can read a test and tell if it falls outside of a certain range. But there, there needs to be, uh, you know, uh, their own better judgment has to somehow supersede. And I really felt that these guys were very, very reluctant to go there. Well, that's why patients have to be the CEOs of their own bodies because doctors, as educated as they are, they're not permitted to be the CEOs of all medical administration. That's what's important here, I think. Yeah, and their hands might be their hands might be really tied because I felt I felt as though these guys were building a case, um, a case with objectivity and a case with you know a lot of tests to back things up, but that really conflicted with my goals, and my goals were to get treatment for what I was suffering from. And that's where I can think, I think you can be on this treadmill of you really have separate goals and objectives. You're there to get answers and to get treatment. This guy is here to not get sued and to build a case and to stay in practice. So I think you're sort of fighting that, uh, you're fighting against that mindset there. And I, I can't tell you how hard it was to actually get the treatment. During, I had a conversation, and I think this, this one slipped out under the radar, but the doctor said, you know, how can I treat you, and it'll affect my reputation. And yeah, then that put was, that in your white paper. And by the way, if anybody wants the very, very thorough document, I'm sorry for interrupting, oh, but I didn't fine. want to forget fine. this. Um, 
Dave Turgeon took a lot of time to put together a very thorough document based on his own experiences called Obstacles to Obtaining TB Treatment. And I think that you should give people your email address so that if they would like to take a look at it, you could send it to them. Okay, that's then sure. That's uh, Turgeon David at Yahoo dot com, and I, my last name is spelled T U R G E O N. So it's Turgeon David at Yahoo dot com. I mean, you know, let's repeat that throughout the show again. You're, we're talking about kind of startling information. You know, mistreatments, misdiagnoses. You know, doctors. The doctor's opinion overriding what a patient, <laughs> what the patient is perceiving to be happening in their bodies, and an LA Times article that took it seriously enough to give it front page coverage. I mean, you know, we're not just people, you know, you know, yapping our traps. I mean, we have other people, and you know, um, a respected newspaper who is seeing that this is happening in medicine. So. You know, please, please, if you want information, obstacles to obtaining TB treatment, you know, written by an expert patient, Dave, Dave Turgeon, <laughs> <laughs> then please email Dave and obtain a copy of this really thorough, thorough document. That does sound funny. Yeah, you know, I wish I wasn't. Uh, well, Believe you know, me. I bet you you weren't even called that to date until you were on the air today. That, that, that's right. You know, hello, I'm Dave, and I'm a TB patient. That's right, a TB patient. You know <laughs> I mean? It's kind of like, you know, actually if, you know, the public service um, people who specialize in, you know, TB research and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, if they pulled together a bunch of people like you and Glassberg and others, to do public service announcements on TV saying... Yeah, it sounds you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm Dave and I'm an alcoholic. It, well, exactly. I'm a TV yeah. patient. That's right, a TV patient. Yeah. And uh, you know what? That's a way to also, you know, give some credibility to the patient. And, I don't, you know, again, I don't really understand why, you know, this is not taking place. Would it hurt their funding or help their funding? I don't know. I mean, public service time... Is something that's given to any kind of public service company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Public affairs, all of that kind of stuff. It's free. You just have to produce the commercial and provide it. You know. So why isn't the you know not-for-profit arm that specializes in you know TB and TB issues not taking a more um, proactive approach? That's really that's really part of a large question, and and I think um, I think there there are all, there are so many factors involved with that, and and in the case of TB especially, we know that there is a a quick and inexpensive cure for this one, unlike so many other things that are happening today, and this is one of the things that where David and I are are pretty convinced that. We are the tip of the iceberg out there. We we think we are just part of of a much larger group of Americans who who have really some sort of, some form of TB or TB related disease, and they're being passed off as Crohn's or 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 as arthritis or or whatever something that doesn't have a cause and doesn't have a cure and can keep you on this you know indefinite prescription um, uh, of medicaid of, of drugs 
and it's something that uh, I, we, we, we believe is probably much larger than ourselves. Right. Uh, well, yes, obviously, <laughs> um, because no, it has to be larger than ourselves because we have a living specimen. Uh, you, well, a couple of living specimens, and I'm sure so many more that are afraid and intimidated and don't want to be, and they don't feel right being the CEOs of their own bodies because they don't feel expert in that matter. But um, you can't stress that enough. I, mean, I really, really can't stress that. I mean, it sounds like you're beating a dead horse there, but I really don't think you can stress that enough because it was really only some sheer determination and persistence. I can't tell you how how much persistence it took to convince the, the doctor who's treating me now to. Um, to finally write that prescription. You know, the irony is, if if you do have regular TB and you have a positive chest X-ray, they may actually force you to take the medication against your will, even if you didn't want to. And in this case, I felt, you know, I really felt like I was dying. I felt there was a $500 solution, and I felt like I couldn't get it, no matter what I did. And it, that was starting to make me go a little bit insane. Well, you know what freaks out the doctors is when you being the CEO of your own body, you know, write down on an official piece of paper provided by the doctor's office somewhere, okay, that I don't believe that this is the correct treatment. Um, you know, I'm insisting on having a simple antibiotic and they're being denied. And then you send a copy of that to, you know, the CDC and the American Medical Association. That's taking control of your own body. <laughs> Because right, that's right. going to make the doctor a little nervous, I think. I mean, maybe if not while he's seeing you a little later in the day. And you know what? That L.A. Times article um, should be attached to the obstacles to obtaining TB treatment white paper because, again, it gives an individual a little bit more license to be an expert. Sure. And any, any bit of ammunition that, that, that you can take with you, um, it, it, it helps, not, not just for your own state of mind, but it helps to it helps to build a case, and that's really what I felt like I was doing in the end. I felt like I was like an attorney, and I was building a case here for myself to make someone treat me. And and I I, I was pretty. It, it's pretty easy for these guys to dismiss you. I was dismissed as as a picture of health by more than one doctor. And and uh, you know, if you look if you look at me, I think that was the hard part because if you just if you just take a look at me, you know. It was really hard to believe, and this is this is where I I think it it's hard for someone in that situation who does have the, the TB like this because you have this real sense of isolation. You really feel like, you know, if I if if I'm going around telling my family and friends this, they're going to think I'm crazy along with everybody else, you know. So you tend to suffer in silence quite a bit because there is this absurdity. Is like, look, if you had TB, they'd be able to find it, right? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that just seem obvious to you? It seems like we need an Aaron Brockovich kind of person to, you know, devote 24-7 to this. Um, I mean, that's what it takes, one voice for many people and one voice to be heard. And, you know, look, there's all kinds of different ways that we can approach this. You know, look, the show House, do you watch House? Uh, Yeah, I have seen it. Okay, those stories, you know, the producers do research. They talk to real people who have had, you know, the real ailments. I mean, the show really does in-depth. I'm not going to I mean, it's entertainment, so let's not forget that. 
But what you see on house, all of these very unique and weird situations, are all based on medical research. Again, it is, I don't want to lie, it is fiction. But they do a tremendous job of researching, you know, with patients and medical institutions and doctors. Um, you know, they're based on, in many cases, true stories. You know, I wonder if House, you know, the producers and the screenwriters of House would want to tackle pulmonary TB because it falls into that category of, like, I can't believe this is really happening and how it gets resolved because House's character you know, is one of those doctors that will not settle for what the system has to say. And that's why he's always arguing with the medical director who's just trying to be a good medical director. I mean, House really encapsulizes, um, you know, with many, 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 many different diseases, um, you know, the struggle with the system. And they cover the patient's point of view and the doctor's point of view and administration's point of view and the law's point of view. So it's very interesting, you know. Um, Cindy, I, I, I agree with you. I would agree with you about the show, but I felt in real life the doctors were not willing to take that level of risk. And, and I really, I'm I, looking back on it, I had, I, I was taking so many tests. In a four-month period, I probably took 12000 or, or or more dollars worth of testing. And I felt that, the doctor wasn't paying for those tests. He was not ultimately liable for those tests, and I felt that they weren't. They weren't willing to. They were willing to take very few risks. If it fell outside of a, a lab test or a blood test, I, I felt like it, there there was no in, impetus for them to risk their careers. On... Okay, we have to take a break. I'm sorry for interrupting. Okay. I told you to have to do that. Okay. We'll be right back, and we'll continue about the doctors and you know and their points of view. Okay. Okay. Streaming the world over. VoiceAmerica.com Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on VoiceAmericaRadio.com. Visit our website at www.WestCoastBusinessReview.com. West Coast Business Review's Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. 
the powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with this very, very serious topic, um, the treadmill to nowhere, talking about a TB patient and how he can't find the correct diagnosis for his ailment and all of the obstacles that take place in the medical community. And now, David, we can continue talking about, you know, how doctors hesitate to, you know, give you the right diagnosis for some reason or another. Again, one of the things I I just keep on saying over and over is, like, what's the big deal with TB? What's the big deal with extrapulmonary TB? You know, it just seems that it once was a disease that everybody got tested for, and if you were positive, you were treated. I mean, this is what I remember as a kid. You know, of course, that's like 40 years ago. So I just don't understand what's, you know, you know, what's the cover-up here? I mean, we have a real patient, let's call Glassberg patient A, for the purpose of this radio show because he was the one that brought the story to the LA Times, right? I mean, you know, he kept on insisting over and over again that he has TB and he didn't win the fight with the doctors and he's a very persistent CEO of his own body. And they ended up opening him up and taking his lower digestive system out. And then, you know, basically, after that's over, he goes on simple antibiotics, and this is a fact, and he's feeling 100% better. He's cured, but, you know, unfortunately, he doesn't have intestines anymore. What is that? Dave, are you there? Hello? Hi. Hello? Hello? Are you hearing me? Yes, I hear you. Did you hear the question? Yes. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, now I can. Did you go away? No, I was here. I was, uh, I was, I was talking to you. So I didn't hear you. So why don't you Sorry. repeat what you said? No, what, what, what I found, what, what I found, like almost impossible with the doctors I dealt with, and I, I you know, I dealt with, the, you know, I mean, uh, probably a fraction of what Dave did, only because I, I had just, you know, threw and thrown in the towel. But I really felt it was, it was hard for these guys to impart their own perspective on anything I was doing. And this is where I think you're, you know, maybe this is part of the bigger question of why they're so reluctant to do something. There is a real fear, I think, of them coming under some form of lawsuit or, or some type of malpractice. I guess that there must be because I could not get a, get a dialogue going with these guys about anything. It just felt like I would, I would go in there, they would just run some tests. I couldn't, I couldn't really, you know, get their opinions about how this might be affecting me or, or how I might be treated. Very little, there was very little dialogue with, the, with them. It just felt like I was treated just so much like a, a, a clinical test and some running some numbers and running some things. But I don't know if those tests are sufficient anymore. We really feel that, that there's inadequate amount of research and money that's gone into this because it doesn't seem like any of these tests are very effective and at identifying extra pulmonary TB at all. Well, here's, again, the question. What is the liability in prescribing antibiotics? Because, again, we have a real living patient that we're calling patient 
you know, patient A for the sake of this show, who, you know, went through 20 years of hell, and then he's given, you know, antibiotics for like 10 bucks, right? And he's cured. So this is real. Okay? I mean, you know, I'm not trying to sound, you know, yes, I'm skeptical. This is a real situation, and it's so real that the LA Times health writers felt that this was something that had to be shared. Okay? The LA Times is not the National Enquirer. Well, I think what you're saying really does beg the question, because I had asked that very same question. A doctor was really worried about his reputation. And I said, he said, I don't know if I, if I can, I'll be able to live with myself if I take, if, if I give you this. And I think there's a real, I think they would come under a lot of scrutiny if they started identifying TB cases. They would really red flag them in the community, I think, as someone. But it, that's, that's from the doctor's point of view. I'd love to hear from a doctor who wants to address this, but nobody seems to want to. It's a big mystery. It's like they've taken all, they've all taken a vow of silence on this issue. I mean, it really is. You're it's not. Really, it's really strange. I could understand if it was some kind of controversial experimental drug, and God knows, you know, they're issuing this kind of stuff all the time, okay, and giving you all kinds of warnings of what can happen, okay, so that they cover themselves. But my God, this is an antibiotic. Yeah, I, I think I was. I was. I know myself. I was getting a lot of mixed messages about it. I was. I was told prior to taking treatment from any number of doctors that the treatment was very harsh, and even some patients had said that it, that it was. And I didn't understand that. I know with me personally, it has not been harsh. Um, I, I have not had any. And then you know, it's it's funny. It's ironic because after I did start the treatment, I, I got a different message that it actually wasn't that bad. So again, well, of course, like I mean, a... you know, because <laughs> things were beginning to become resolved. I, you know, again, you know, we don't have much more time. I told you the show goes really fast. It did. But I, I have to say it, it didn't go by fast. Oh, see, I told you. Well, well listen, you let's give out your email address again. So if people want to see the thorough white paper that you did in Obstacles for Treatment, go ahead, give okay, it out. Okay, that, that's TurgenDavid at Yahoo.com, and Turgeon is spelled T U R. G-E-O-N, David at Yahoo.com. I'd be happy to hear from anybody. And I would, I might want to add also that, you know, David is a hard worker. You know, you're in the business of selling, buying and selling businesses, mergers and acquisitions. Right. I mean, you know, you, you're educated. You know, you've been working for a long time. So you're not one of those crackpots, okay? <laughs> You know, your well, message... Well, you, you really have to look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that a lot because you have to tell yourself you're not crazy because, you know, the, the doctors that were... It, it, I, I think there's always this faith and fear you have sort of hanging over you. Um, they, they're telling you you don't have it, and um, and you're telling yourself you are. Did you know, do you know better than the doctor? Is, is that is that what is, what's happening? And well, if you cure yourself by taking antibiotics, which you had to fight so hard... You know, God knows how many rounds you went through, you know, to have this treatment. Right. You know, you know what's right. You do it and save yourself from having open-heart surgery, please. We have to close. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed doing this show, and I hope that we both viral market this show to everybody we know because I think that it begs for a sea change in how patients take over their own bodies, and that's what we're encouraging here. Read the L.A. Times, Ron Lynn. Um, look it up on latimes.com, um, you know, or email Dave Terzian. And, again, I thank you for being on the show. 
Cindy, thank you so much for, for having me. Okay, and everybody could hear this show on www.voiceamerica.com, anytime, anyplace. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.